0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the first ever live edition of Falcons Today. Really credit to everyone watching right now. We were able to secure enough subscribers to get a studio space to do a live show and be a producer to click the buttons. Otherwise, I'm just talking to a camera that's going nowhere. But we're going to run through the latest Falcons news and rumors surrounding the quarterback position now that they have the head coach done. And then I figured we would run through my first Falcons mock draft for 2024. See who Terry Fontenot and Raheem Morris could select with that eighth overall draft pick yet again. But first, we're going to let the audience build up a little bit. Let everyone click on the notification, find their seats, get nice and comfy. Shout out your city for me in the chat. It's our first ever live show, so it's honestly a great way for me to get to know the audience a little bit better. And let me know where you are tuning in from by shouting out your city. Let's get in the chat right now. I've got Minneapolis in the house. I've got Epic watching from Atlanta. Derrick's in Charleston, South Carolina. Charleston, South Carolina, in my humble opinion, is one of America's best cup secrets. The holy city is an incredible place. Always love my trips to South Carolina and Charleston. Michael is watching from Memphis, Tennessee. Michael, favorite barbecue spot in Memphis? Can toss that your direction? Let me know. Is it Central Barbecue? I've got Atlanta. I've got Illinois. Elijah is in Alaska. That is definitely the coldest Falcons fan right now. Macon, Quartz, and Buenos Aires. I've got College Park, baby. I've got Columbia, Chattanooga. We've got Tennessee in the house. Let me know where you are tuning in from. Robert, can I get a Go Falcons? Go Falcons, dude. Uh, I've got the United Kingdom here. York, South Carolina. Fort Bliss, Texas, just outside Atlanta. I've got Valdosta, Georgia. Um, let me know. Lawrenceville, Phoenix City, Alabama. Buffalo, Flowery Branch. I've got someone with boots on the ground. River, just hanging out with Terry. I think that could be Terry Fontenot's burner. I think we know Terry Fontenot is in the chat. I'm going to declare that right now. Now we got to find out which one's Arthur Blank. Uh, James is in Marietta, South Korea, Tampa, Florida. Keep getting those cities in the chat right now as the audience builds up here. We're about to jump into a live Falcons today and talk about Russell Wilson coming to Atlanta potentially. We'll run through my mock draft. And then at the end of the show, we've got a live Q&A. So an opportunity for you all watching right now to get on screen, get your question or your take heard, and I'll give you my opinion on it. But while you are all shouting out your city in the chat, give me 60 seconds to tell you all about our terrific sponsor today, which is Prize Picks. The big game is right around the corner. And with Prize Picks, you can stay extra locked in on the Super Bowl. Or my favorite feature about Prize Picks is how many awesome deals they have going on all the time. I'm going to make a bold statement right now and think. Patrick Mahomes might throw for a couple of passing yards, and with Prize Picks, you can take the more on half a passing yard for Mr. Mahomes. I also like the more on Isaiah Pacheco at half for rushing or receiving touchdown, and finally, I like the more on Brock Purdy's passing yards at 248 and a half. Now, if you're like Pete, what the heck are you talking about? Prize Picks is super simple and user-friendly. You just select two to six players, and then choose more or less on their projected stats. Like you see on screen right now, so get started with Prize Picks today when you go to PrizePicks.com/CLNS and use code CLNS for a first-time deposit match up to $100. I've put that link in the comments and description of today's video. Prize Picks: Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. Now let's switch gears a little bit here and let's talk about. What I deem as plan D for Atlanta, Russell Wilson, would you sign, ooh, baby burp, would you sign Russell Wilson to some level of a contract? Just ignore the money for a moment. Are you interested in Russell Wilson coming to the Falcons? Just surface level. You in or you out? I'm seeing a lot of no's. I'm seeing a lot of outs, And I understand that Russell Wilson's stock has probably never been lower. I will play devil's advocate for a moment, and let's just circle the truth for a moment. If Russell Wilson played for the Atlanta Falcons in 2023, they probably host a playoff game. They don't lose to the Carolina Panthers, and they take care of business at home against either the Bucs or the Vikings, and they could have been the team that defeated the Philadelphia Eagles, and how different of a conversation we would be having right now if they had just slightly better quarterback play. And Russell Wilson would have provided that. But I also understand that you're not going to get jazzed up for 2024 if Russell Wilson runs out of the tunnel. And I don't blame you for that. I'm not either. But sometimes you have to make the best of what you have to work with. And Russell Wilson may be your best option if plan A, plan B, and plan C all fall through. We have to at least acknowledge that. That's all I'm saying. Now, I do want to ask an unrelated question to the Atlanta Falcons. Who do you got? 49ers or Chiefs? Can Shanahan finally win a Super Bowl? Can he finally kind of get over that hump? Will he call a pass play on third and three at the opposing 30-yard line and Brock Purdy takes an 11-yard sack and they can't kick a field goal? I think that might happen. Like you've got this like you know, I'm going to call it right now. It'll be tied in the fourth quarter. At the Chiefs' 32, third and four, and Brock Purdy takes a 10-yard sack and they punt. Kansas City gets picked off, and then the 49ers redeem themselves. How about that? Um, I'll, I'll, Holmes never turns it over in the big moment. He just he like he just doesn't make the mistakes. Uh, he played a full season, 17 games in the playoffs. So, uh, I seven or nine interceptions. That's either, yeah. That's it's that's either, he's it's disgusting. Either, it's either 39 touchdowns and seven picks or 37 touchdowns and nine picks. He, hasn't, he hasn't had an interception since that. Oh, the Bengals game Yeah, the, inter- the AFC Bengals, championship, the championship game last year. Yeah, he's yeah. 11 touchdowns right. to no picks. Enough dick sucking for the Kansas City Chiefs. They're probably going to win. Who you got? 49ers or Chiefs? Let me know down below in the comment section. I'm giving shout outs. Uh, Ty Man, what's going on, Ty Man? Good to hear you, buddy. Uh, I do not have the script. I, I had it and I forgot it at home. So, no script for me. No script for me today. Time answers the 49ers. I think the 49ers. I do think I've actually bet against the Chiefs every single playoff game. I thought the Dolphins would surprise them because everyone's like, it's so cold. Like, it's cold for everyone. It's not like the Miami guys are extra cold, but no. And then I thought thought Josh Allen and the Bills would get it done. I thought they would exercise their demons. No. And then I thought the Ravens at home would get it done. No. So what do I know? Uh, I got KC in the chat. I got Shockwave saying 49ers. By the way, 213 people tuned in already, making for a very successful launch party for Falcons today, but only 36 likes. If we want to make this a tradition, a routine, I need more viewers. And, hey, I can't control that. But what I can control is asking you guys to like the video, and that way YouTube tells Falcons fans to come on in the chat. And just like that, we got our first Super Chat of the day rolling in. Hey-oh! Let's go! First Super Chat of the day. Let's throw it on screen, and then we'll get into the meat and potatoes of today's show. We also have a brand new member of the Chat Sports team producing today. So everyone get up for Mr. Cullen Brown, pushing the buttons today, doing a marvelous job. Soldier first class. Honestly, Sign Russ to a vet minimum. Broncos eat his contract. We save a lot of money in case Russ is a flop. I agree. Again, that's not my first choice. My first choice would be Jaden Daniels falls to Atlanta at pick eight. That is dream scenario. If you can't get that to happen because you catch wind that he's going to go number three to the Patriots, now we got to start focusing on plan B, which may be a trade for Justin Fields. And I know the room is split on that. But if Justin Fields gets traded to the Raiders – now we're looking at plan C, plan D. Plan C might be signed Baker, Mayfield, or Kirk Cousins. But what if they return to their previous teams? Now we're at plan D, which is the other free agent QBs or another guy from the draft. Russ, Russell Wilson, for a minimum, sounds pretty enticing to me. Not going to lie to you guys. Uh, Rusty Moore with a $5 super chat. Soldier, thank you very much for supporting the channel. Rusty, trade for Fields and a at 8 No reason not to score 30 points per game. I think Rusty Moore is going to be a big fan of today's mock draft. Uh, Rusty might have gotten the script of what we're doing today. Not quite to a T, but Rusty, I'm drinking what you're drinking. I do think that could be a very, very fun recipe for success. Adam Bijan, Drake London. That's going to be a really good Falcons offense. And they get to play the Panthers defense twice a year. Bucks defense is not too bad, but it's not like something you write home about. The Saints, I don't know if they can really keep it together for another season. That's six games and they can get skull-fucked by Justin Fields. I'm kind of warming up to it. Okay, one more $5 super chat to get to before we jump into the show. This one rolling in from Trey Dukes. What's going on, Mr. Dukes? And just like that, no to Justin Fields. Not paying $45 million a year for a guy who has yet to string together any amount of consistency. Trey, I've got good news for you. You're not paying Justin Fields $45 million a year. I have seen this, like, I wouldn't call it a fallacy, I guess kind of a fallacy, a straw man argument of I don't want to trade for Justin Fields because I don't want to be the team that eventually pays him big money. If the Falcons pay Justin Fields, that means Justin Fields has been successful in Atlanta. And if that's the case, you are not going to be upset about pay- playing or paying your star quarterback. If Justin Fields does not work out, woo hoo! Like it cost you a second rounder. I'm not going to lose sleep over that. And you paid him his very cheap four year or fourth year rookie contract in 2024, and you probably picked up his 2025 fifth year option, which yeah, that would cost you about 22, 23 ish million dollars, and that's not a small number. But it's not 45. So if your reason for trading for Justin Fields is we're going to be the team that has to pay him, says who? If he stinks, you don't have to pay him. And if he's great, awesome. You've got a great quarterback. Yeah, you got to pay him. But do you think Chiefs fans like get upset or Bills fans are like, I like this Mahomes dude, but not for what we're paying him. No. You've got a franchise QB. Write the damn check. What do you care? It's not our money. It's Arthur's money. Another super chat rolling in. Trey, I do appreciate the super chat, though. Gray Platts, what do you think about Morris? What do I think about Raheem Morris? I've been advocating, I would say, that Raheem Morris is worthy of a second chance as a head coach. I do think the hire is a bit bizarre based on where we started the search process, which was Arthur Smith was safe. Arthur Smith was safe. Arthur Blank woke up and decided, I'm 81 years old. And I want to make a splash move. I'm firing Arthur Smith so I can go get Bill Belichick. You interviewed Bill Belichick twice. You flew him out to your private island in the U.S. Virgin Islands. That sounded not that private island. Different island. Actually, flew him out to your private yacht off that island. So, regardless, then you kind of went with, I think, a good hire. I do think there were better hires out there. I I think Mike Frabel would have been a better hire. I think Bill Belichick... Are we gonna just act like those six Super Bowls never took place? I know that the last couple of years have been stinky in Foxborough, but maybe a change of scenery is all that Bill needed. So I think Raheem Morris is very capable of winning a lot of games for the Falcons. I think he can win or take him to the playoffs. I don't know if he's the coach that can compete with the Eagles, although I don't think the Eagles are even the team to compete with right now, but compete with the 49ers, right? The go up against the juggernauts of the NFC or the Juggernaut. That I, I'm not so much crazy, uh, you know, too invested in when I think Rabel and Belichick could have done that for you. But all in all, I do think Raheem Morris is very capable of being a good coach for the Falcons. I'm a little bit queasy on his special team, or special teams, defensive and offensive coordinator hires. Like Jimmy Lake has one year of NFL experience. Zach Robinson has no play calling experience. I just think that I'm okay with Zach Robinson as an OC, but. Maybe that's an OC in a system where it's a long-time head coach and it's a long-time DC who's got people to kind of lean on a little bit. He's got no one really to lean on. That's why I'm a little bit uneasy. Dennis Allen. Sign me, please. Hard no. Hard no. Every day that Dennis Allen wakes up in New Orleans is a dream come true for him that he has not been fired yet. Hard pass on Mr. Dennis Allen. Okay. Um, are we ready to jump into a live show? 303 people tuned in, 72 likes. Let's get ourselves to 80 likes. Eight likes away. Hit that thumbs up button if you have not already because here's what we got coming up on today's show. We have the latest news and rumors, a seven-round mock draft, and then a mailbag. So if you want to be on screen, if you have a question you want to ask, you can super chat like everyone else has done already and you guarantee a spot on screen for the mailbag. Or you can... Use hashtag Falcons somewhere in the chat, and that way our software can pull it and put it on screen for everyone at home to see. Okay, Gray, let me hit this super chat after this first segment. I'm not going to forget about you. Don't worry. I'm just going to hit pause on your super chat, and I'll put it on screen and answer it in 10 to 15 minutes or so. That sound good? All right, are we ready to jump into a live show? Okay, here we go. We got the new guy today, Colin Bryan. is doing a great job, but he looks a little bit green right now. Don't worry, you're gonna do great. He's gonna do great. Everyone, spam Colin in the chat. Spam Colin in the chat. It's just it's just the green screen. Yeah, crazy. Ready? It is not red behind me. We have a green screen. I want spam Colin in the chat. He's gonna do great. Okay, let's jump into a. Oh, Taylor's here. Let's go, Taylor. Appreciate you. We're gonna get to your super chat in just a few minutes. Are we ready? Here we go. Let's jump into a live Falcons today, right now. Welcome into Falcons today by Chat Sports. Matthew Peterson here, recapping all the latest news and the rumors surrounding your Atlanta Falcons, starting with this guy, Russell Wilson. I know that the idea of signing Russell Wilson doesn't really get anyone excited. It doesn't get you super fired up or pumped up for the 2024 season. I understand it, and I wouldn't be either, to be fair. But we do need to have a conversation about the possibility of Russell Wilson quarterback in this team. So let's start to unpack this. ESPN recently came out with an article where they had a bunch of their beat reporters play GM for their team. And the ESPN beat reporter for the Falcons, Michael Rothstein, he included Atlanta as a destination for Russell Wilson when he eventually gets cut by the Broncos because there's no way Denver brings him back after benching him the last two weeks of the season. That would just be way too toxic of an environment in the locker room. Denver's ready to move on. I don't see how they can repair that marriage. It's a divorce, and it's finalized. Now, as for the Atlanta Falcons as a destination when Russell Wilson gets released, there has been a lot of smoke about the Falcons being a Wilson destination. Um, on the Kay Adams show, for example, she had former NFL MVP, Sean Alexander, never forget in the office when Roy and Darrell traded Sean Alexander for a defense. I'll never forget that. But Sean Alexander on the Kay Adams show said there are some rumblings about the Denver QB, Russell Wilson, heading south to Atlanta. In that clip, Sean Alexander said, I've heard that the Falcons could be a destination for Russell Wilson. So this is the contract that ESPN cooked up for Russell Wilson going to the Falcons. Three years, $36 million. That's an average of $12 million a season, $20 million guaranteed, and Rothstein also included a bunch of incentives. But this is the core of that contract. I'll tell you right now, nope. N-O, nope. Not interested in anything that is not a one-year deal. I am only interested in signing Russell Wilson for a one-year vet minimum deal. Not because he's worth that. I think he's probably worth a little bit more. If you watched the NFL this season, there was a lot of bad quarterback play. Go look at the New York Jets. They're a prime example. However, if Russell Wilson takes a vet minimum contract, well, that money is subtracted from what the Broncos owe him. It's like a college football coach buyout. But if he takes $10 million from the Falcons, well, that $10 million is subtracted from what Denver owes him. Why would he want to take $10 million from his new team and save $10 million from his old team if he's still getting the same amount of money? It's just who's writing the paycheck. So the Falcons should only sign Russell Wilson to a vet minimum deal. I'm not interested in guaranteeing $20 million So that in 2025, if they want to move on from him, just like Denver is doing right now, they've got some dead cap hits next season. One year only. Otherwise, we walk. Now, I can get behind Russell Wilson being an option to replace the quarterback play last season. Arthur Blank called out Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke pretty much all the way up to saying them by name during his end-of-the-year press conference. Because if you put Russell Wilson on the Falcons last season that team probably hosts a playoff game. That team probably wins the NFC South. They beat the Carolina Panthers on the road. They take care of business against the Buccaneers or the Vikings at home. They don't lose to the Cardinals on the road. Like, maybe not all four of those, but two. And that would have been enough to win the NFC South. So while Russell Wilson might not scream, like, let's get fired up for this upcoming season. Oh, no, same old Falcons. This is only a plan. D type of uh, type of scenario. So let me know. Would you sign Russell Wilson? Yes or no? I'm not interested in Russell Wilson being my number one target if I'm Atlanta. But I can also live and understand a world that may very well become our reality where Russell Wilson is your best option if plan A, plan B, and plan C all fall through, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But let's give Rothstein an uh, an opportunity to kind of defend himself for giving this contract to Russell Wilson. Here's what he wrote in his ESPN article. The Falcons learned this season what below-average quarterback play can do to a franchise's playoff hopes. Owner Arthur Blank and CEO Rich McKay made it clear the plan is to win with this roster, and Wilson is the best option out there and has the most experience. The team around him would take pressure off Wilson with playmakers Bijan Robinson, Tyler Algier, Drake London, and Kyle Pitts all set for big roles in 2024. And the contract terms also allow for a fairly painless separation if it doesn't work out. I considered a Fields trade too, but here Atlanta retains its second round pick and gets a quarterback upgrade on a decent deal for Coach Raheem Morris. It was that last bit that I'm going to have a hard disagree with for not trading for Justin Fields, Because if your argument for trading for Justin Fields is, I don't think he's a good quarterback. All right. Like, we can have a good, fairly civil debate about that, right? We can maybe convince you otherwise. Keep you on the same side. Whatever. I can live with people going, I don't want to trade for Justin Fields because I don't think he's a very good quarterback. Okay, fine. If your argument is, I don't want to give up a second-round draft pick for Fields, now I've got an issue. Because, no, you do not let a second-round draft pick stand in the way of a potential franchise quarterback. If you think Fields could be that next big guy, you don't let a second rounder stop you from trading him. Let's take a stroll down memory lane, shall we? Let's look at some of Atlanta's recent second round draft picks. Matthew Bergeron, this past season. I think he had a very good rookie year. Arnold Avicchetti, took a big step forward in year two. Richie Grant, came in and now is a starting safety. Marlon Davidson. Who? Like gone Isaiah Oliver gone Dion Jones had some really good seasons gone Jalen Collins not even in the league I gone Rasheed Hageman gone so if you are afraid of trading for Justin Fields because you don't want to have the opportunity to draft the next Marlon Davidson shame on you shame on you now to circle back to the Russell Wilson portion of the show I'm only interested in Russell Wilson As Plan D. And I'm not joking. I've got Plan A, I've got Plan B, I've got Plan C, and Russell Wilson is Plan D. And we will run through those plans next up on the show. But first, a quick shout out to our sponsor today, which is Prize Picks. Thanks to Prize Picks, I had an absolute blast watching all the playoff games and making some money along the way. The way Prize Picks works is you pick two to six players, then choose more or less on their projected stats. So let me give you an example of what I am talking about. Take the Super Bowl. You might have heard it coming up, for example. Patrick Mahomes, I like the more on his half-passing yard. I also like, I know, crazy. I also like the more on Isaiah Pacheco at half a rushing or receiving touchdown. I feel like everyone thinks the Super Bowl is a game where the quarterbacks throw it 60 times. You're going to see the teams run the ball as well. And Isaiah Pacheco is a good nose for the end zone. I also like the more on Brock Purdy. 240 and a half passing yards feels like there's some disrespect to a pretty good quarterback in my opinion so if you like my selections feel free to ride with me at least like the patrick mahomes one but if you think i'm a big dumb dumb, that's fine i don't bet a thousand go fade me but just do it at prizepicks.com slash clns and use code clns for a first-time deposit match up to a hundred dollars i have put that link in the comments and description of today's video. Prize picks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Now, let's run through why we may end up having a situation where Atlanta signs Russell Wilson. This is my doomsday for Atlanta. They miss out on drafting one of the top 3 QBs. Drake, uh, Caleb Williams goes number 1 to the Bears, Drake May goes number 2 to the Commanders, and Jaden Daniels goes number 3 to the Patriots. We may catch wind weeks in advance of the draft. That is each of those teams' attention. I'm sure they're going to try and throw some smoke screens out there and whatnot, but that is step one in a doomsday for Atlanta. Step two, Justin Fields is traded elsewhere. He goes to Pittsburgh. He goes to Las Vegas. doesn't matter. He gets traded, but it's not to Atlanta. So now the Falcons don't have any of their top three preferred quarterback targets in the draft available. Justin Fields is in a different city, and Kirk Cousins and Baker Mayfield re sign with their current team. If all those things happen, well, now we need to have a conversation about what the next best options are. Let's start with the draft. In my opinion, these five quarterbacks are all day two to day three QB targets. Possibility that J.J., Penix, or Bo Nix sneak into the end of round one, but I think those three guys are destined for rounds two and rounds three. Michael Pratt, longtime starter out of Tulane, he's more of a late day three, early day four uh, candidates. And then Joe Milton, an absolute cannon of an arm, I think he's going to be one of the earlier day three quarterbacks to go. Now, of the first three QBs, if I had to pick two of them to take some serious interest in, I would go with J.J. McCarthy and Michael Penix. I used to be a decent J.J. McCarthy hater, and I don't think I've changed too much, but I can recognize that when you're in an offense that's got Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, and a bunch of all-conference offensive lineman in front of you, yeah, they might not ask you to throw the ball a ton, and so that might mean that you don't get an opportunity to showcase your skill set as much, but I think during the combine and the pro day, we'll have a much better idea as to who J.J. McCarthy is as a quarterback. And as for Michael Penix, I have seen everything I need to see. I think he is an outstanding quarterback. I need to make sure that he can stay healthy in the NFL. Two ACL injuries, two shoulder injuries in college, that scares the bejesus out of me. But if the medicals come back clean, I mean, Taysom Hill suffered a whole bunch of injuries early in his collegiate career, ended up working out okay for him. There are lots of great players. Nick Chubb suffered a horrible knee injury at Georgia. He ended up having a pretty good NFL career and still going right now. So it's not the end of the world, but it is definitely something to do your homework on. Now, let's talk about free agent QBs. Let's say Atlanta does their homework on those those quarterbacks, and they don't think any of them are Starting caliber guys. Well, I believe Russell Wilson will be released by the Broncos. So when that happens, he joins Gardner Minshew, Jacoby Brissett, Sam Darnold, and Jameis Winston among some notable free agent quarterbacks. Of those five guys, I think Russell Wilson is probably your best option. I feel like Gardner Minshew is lightning in a bottle where he caught it in Indianapolis but I think he might be the next Nick Foles where it only works in Indianapolis. Like, Nick Foles was only good in Philadelphia, okay? I don't know why, just a weird gut feeling. Jameis is fun, but I don't think he's serious. At least, also, I don't think Atlanta will be interested in bringing Jameis over after week 18. Sam Darnold, I think, could get an opportunity to regain a starting job, kind of like Mitch Trubisky did when he went to Pittsburgh initially. Didn't only really work out for him in Pittsburgh, though. So, Russell Wilson... This past season, the last two years in Denver, we've all gotten our jokes off about Russ. But the reality is, I think we could all agree that if Russell Wilson was on the Falcons the last two seasons, Atlanta simply would have won more games. Just point blank in my opinion. So, if plan A is get Jaden Daniels at number eight, and he goes number three, and plan B is trade for Justin Fields, and he goes to Las Vegas, and plan C is to sign Kirk Cousins, and he re-signs in Minnesota, plan D think is Russell Wilson. So let me know who will start at quarterback week one for Atlanta. Don't be afraid. Shoot your shot in the comment section and then if you end up being right, we can uh, toast to you in September of 2024. So let me know who you believe will start week one for Atlanta. That's going to do it for us on this edition of Falcons today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate those of you that take time out of your day to come hang out with us. If you have not subscribed yet, consider going ahead and doing so. Help us reach our next milestone, 19,000 subscribers, which we are closing in on. Who's going to start week one? Ooh, Robert going with Trey Lance. That's that's spicy. Had not really thought much about it. I didn't like Trey Lance coming out of college. I do think that, yes, we can all drool over arm talent and speed, but I got to see game tape. I got to see it materialize on the field. Otherwise, you get another Zach Wilson. Great arm, but it doesn't matter if you can't read a defense or make good decisions. Okay. Jaden Daniels from Red Stallions Forever. That's an elite name. Um, Jaden Daniels from Court. Justin Fields from Gray Plays. Big Lenny Fields from Archangel. Archangel, one of the MVPs of the channel with his Noty Gang experience. I like Michael Penix. I do. I just got to be told the knee's okay. All the doctors looked at it and it's okay. Once I'm told that, I will be beating the drum of Michael Penix round two, depending on what other decisions are made at quarterback. Okay. Let's see. I believe it'll be Penix. Cam going with Drake May. That'd be pretty dope. Here's the issue with getting a Caleb Williams or Drake May, like one of those two guys that we know is going to go one and two. It's not even so much about putting together a good trade package to move up. Atlanta's got plenty of assets. They've got all their picks. They can make that happen. Are the Bears or the Commanders going to be interested in trading down? Like last year, Chicago was interested in trading down from day one. They had Justin Fields. I don't know if that's the same story this year. Same goes for Washington. Do they want to stick with Sam Howell? Or do they want to get his old backup, Drake May? Pretty crazy. That's got to be weird for Sam Howell. Because they're going to keep Sam Howell in Washington too. Imagine being Sam Howell and they draft your old college backup to replace you. That's got to be uncomfortable. Uh, We do have some super chats to catch up on before we get into our next segment. Gray plays. What's going on, dude? What do you think the Falcons doing with Ritter? I think they're going to keep Desmond Ritter to be their backup. Like if Zach Wilson could stay in New York to back up Aaron Rodgers, Atlanta has learned or hopefully learned from the rest of the league this year that it is really important to have a good backup quarterback. And I think Desmond Ritter does have a career in this league as a backup quarterback. So I think Ritter is going to stay in Atlanta as a backup because you've got to have a good backup uh, plan in case your starter goes down. And I think Ritter is a backup that can uh, hold you over for a couple of weeks if needed. Taylor, good to see you, my man. Hope you're doing well. We ain't no Panthers. Go balls deep and trade up for Daniels if he drops. If not, I'd take Russ or JF1. Let's run through if Jaden Daniels drops because let's say the Patriots... Do their homework, and they know they're not getting Caleb Williams or Drake May, and they come out of all their film review of Jaden Daniels and decide, he's not our guy. Other people might like him. YouTubers might like him. We don't like him. If that happens, they would definitely be open to shopping the third overall pick, knowing that other teams will like Jaden Daniels, and they could get a good haul for moving back, or they may decide, we want to stay at three because we want to get Marvin Harrison. So now you look to the next two teams, the Cardinals and the Chargers. They've got their quarterbacks. So Atlanta could jump from eight to four, eight to five, and to go from eight to four, eight to five. It's a decent chance you don't have to. You may have to give give up a future first. It's very close. The Texans jumped up last year with the Cardinals. Remember, after trading down initially, and they gave up a future first. Might not be the case this year. So, regardless, it wouldn't cost you too much. So, Taylor, I could see a path, but I just think the Patriots are ultimately going to come back and like Jaden Daniels. because Who wouldn't? Guy was awesome last year. Taylor, really appreciate your super chat, though. Are we all caught up on our super chats for the day? We're at 133 likes, by the way. We are going to jump into a mock draft next on the show. Before we do, 133 likes. Let's get ourselves to 150. Can we get 17 more likes? I'm not asking for too much. 17 more likes. Let's go. 17 more likes, and then we are going to start my seven-round mock draft. Mock drafts are always interesting. I think everyone unanimously agrees it's fun to look at mock drafts. But also, unless I really, hopefully you agree, like the person giving the mock draft, I just want to see the picks and dip on out of there, which I know I might be – advertising against myself, but I just want to be honest with you guys. Uh, we're at 155 likes. Let's go. Let's go. That's what I love to see. I love this guy. This is funny. Kenneth, please stop with the misinformation. Ritter is the starter and there will be no QB draft period. Kenneth, Ritter couldn't even start the last game of the season. I don't know where you're even getting the idea that he's even the starter right now. If the Falcons played a game tomorrow, it would probably be Taylor Heineke starting. I think we found... I wouldn't say even Ritter's burner, because I don't think Ritter himself would acknowledge that. I think we found, like, Mrs. Ritter, his mom's burner. That's my theory on who Kenneth is. I guess it would be Mr., though. Okay. Are we ready to start? I think Sammy really wants to trade Kyle Pitts. I'm not sure, though. I can't get a good sense on that. Sammy, here's my suggestion to you. Put hashtag Falcons at the end of your spamming message, and... That, oh, I'm off screen. Ready? And three, two, one. Abracadabra, I'm back on screen. Um, put hashtag Falcons at the end of the message. That way our software can pull it. Okay. Are we ready to jump into a seven-round mock draft? I'm excited. I love draft season. The NFL draft is one of my top five favorite sporting events of the year. Just the idea, and I know I sound like such a like boring mom, but the idea of sitting on your couch and like the Falcons are picking, you like, I might be moving to Atlanta. And if they don't pick you, you're like, the next team up is Seattle. Like, now I'm going to Seattle. Like, that's just so cool to be like going from Atlanta, Seattle, DC, all over. All right, let's do it. Let's jump into a live mock draft. Mock draft time 1.0 here on Falcons today. We're going to run through all seven rounds of the draft. I use PFF's Mock Draft Simulator to make selections for Terry Fontenot. Now, the way I conduct mock drafts is not what I would do if I was the GM because I'm not the GM and I'm not going to be the GM in April. So I do my best to try and think what would Terry Fontenot do, right? What would the Falcons do? And we've got a decent sample size of previous drafts under Fontenot to have an idea of positions he values and then the type of players in those position groups that he values a lot. So, Let's at least refresh our memories with what picks Atlanta has in the upcoming NFL draft. They've got pretty much their full slate of picks. they got some extra picks from some day three trades, like Deion Jones going to Cleveland, stuff like that from a few years ago. But other than that, they've got their usual arsenal. So with that being said, let's jump into round number one. We're in this mock draft. Caleb Williams went number one overall. Drake May went two. Jaden Daniels went three, so I missed out on all three of those quarterbacks. But that shouldn't be too big of a surprise. Marvin Harrison goes four. The Chargers get a nice tackle for Jim Harbaugh. The Giants go Roma Dunze. And right before me, the Tennessee Titans took Brock Bowers out of UGA. So now I'm sitting here at number eight, and I go wide receiver Malik Neighbors out of LSU. So, Let's get to know Malik Neighbors a little bit better because if you watched SEC football last year, he was hard to miss. He was all over the place in Baton Rouge. He was hauling in touchdowns left and right. He's six foot tall, 200 pounds. He is elite in the intermediate passing game. I I wouldn't say he reminds me of Tyreek Hill because no one reminds me of Tyreek Hill. But I think there's a like a this uh, overall false sense of Tyreek Hill is just a go route runner, and he's just a deep ball guy, but Tyreek Hill does a lot of his damage yards after the catch, and that's what Malik Neighbors does really well as well. Now, my confirm is he doesn't have that great separation downfield. Malik Neighbors can make big plays, don't get me wrong, but he's not a X receiver vertical go route guy, at least not yet. Players can grow, they can develop into bigger roles, but at LSU we saw him in the slot a lot which that's okay for Atlanta because Drake London is an ex-receiver. He works the sidelines extremely well. Malik Nabors, though, for the Tigers last season, 1,500-plus yards, 14 touchdowns. He averaged over seven yards of reception. It's kind of funny that LSU will have two players go top ten potentially and still lost as many games as they did. But this is a very good pick for Atlanta, not just because I think Malik Nabors is going to make a great wide receiver – but it's also a position of need for the Falcons. They don't have any returning wide receivers on their roster other than Drake London. Matt Collins, free agent. Van Jefferson, free agent. Scotty Miller, free agent. Cadero Hodge, free agent. All those other names were practice squad players. So they have got to rebuild their entire wide receiver room. And obviously, it's tough to do mock drafts before free agency because if the Falcons don't have a quarterback yet, that could alter this pick. But for now, pre-free agency, let's just err on the side of caution, and let's go with Neighbors at pick number eight. So that's my current mock draft pick for number eight. I do want to get everyone watching, though, involved in the comment section. So let me know what pick you would make at number eight overall. Would you go with Malik Neighbors? I like Brock Bowers. I like Roma Dunze. Don't get me wrong, but they would not perform me so... We do have to acknowledge the possibility of your favorite player might not be available at the eighth overall selection. Moving on to round two, edge rusher time. I go Chris Braswell out of Alabama. So another need for Atlanta gets satisfied here with their round two selection. Chris Braswell with the forty-third overall pick would come to Atlanta. Six foot three, two hundred and fifty-five pounds. He is the freakiest of freaks. I know that some people look for production, some people look for traits in a belief that they could develop more in the NFL. If you're a traits guy, he's your man. Uh, He squatted over 700 pounds, and then he jumped 38 and a half inches in the air, and that was before his senior year of college, or his last year at Alabama. Don't you think he might even grow even more? Like If you're looking for a guy who's an absolute horse of a human being, meaning He runs fast and he jumps high or just does everything well. That's him. The con, though, is the lack of production. Only 11 career sacks at Alabama. Now, he sat behind some really good players. I don't know if you're familiar with guys like Will Anderson Jr. or Dallas Turner, but it's tough to get on the field a whole ton when those players are above you on the depth chart. So he might be a snake in the grass that slips into round two, because he didn't get a whole lot of opportunities at Alabama, but that would change in the NFL. I think the Falcons' solution, though, I would say long, long long-term, but at least for the next couple of years, I think it lies in free agency. Overall, Atlanta just does not have a ton of success historically at developing edge rushers for one reason or another. And there are some really good edge rushers in free agency this year. So if they can get their paws on a Josh Allen or a Brian Burns or a Daniil Hunter, I'm not opposed to signing that guy, signing one of those guys, and still drafting Braswell. But I don't think drafting Braswell is your solution to what's an ongoing problem in Atlanta, which is nothing going for the pass rushing spot beyond a season or two for a guy here or there. Now, before we get on to the rest of my mock draft, selfishly, I do ask you subscribe to the channel if you are not already. We're so close to 19,000 subscribers. This channel has caught fire over the last month and a half, two months almost at this point. And I want to keep that momentum going. So if you have not joined the channel yet, please go ahead and do so. My third round selection, I'm going quarterback. I'm going quarterback Michael Pratt out of Tulane. Now, obviously a lot can change between now and free eight of the draft if they were to trade for Justin Fields. If they were to trade up, that would obviously alter this decision. But I think even if the Falcons do trade for Fields or they do sign, like a Kirk Cousins, for example, I still think it's worth drafting a quarterback in that round three to round four territory. Why? Because quarterback is the most p- valuable position in all of sports. If it doesn't work out, con, you didn't use a third-round pick very well. Pro, you have your next franchise QB. I think the risk is worth, or the reward is, is worth the risk. And Michael Pratt, some background on him, he's six foot three, 220 pounds. He was a four-year starter at Tulane, so he's got loads of experience, and I like that in him, right? I'm not trying to find the next Brock Purdy. That's not easy to do, but I think something that we're seeing pay off for Brock Purdy right now for the 49ers is he played a lot of football at Ames, And Michael Pratt would come in playing a lot of football in New Orleans, And he knows how to read a pocket, how to read a defense. Things that young quarterbacks struggle to do if they're only the starter for a year, maybe two in college. Whereas Pratt would have a lot of experience. So worst case scenario, if you draft Michael Pratt and it doesn't work out, he did not use a third-round pick all that well. Boo-hoo. Go look at previous third-round picks for the Falcons and let me know how many of them developed into players that got second contracts. You could get another... You could get a star quarterback maybe, a starting quarterback maybe, or you could save that third rounder, maybe draft another Jalen Mayfield. I think it's worth the risk. Some more n- uh, numbers and infos on Pratt though. Like I said, four-year guy at Tulane, so he knows how to command a huddle. He knows how to run an offense. He knows how to play the position. Like, There's a lot of guys that come into the NFL that don't have a lot of starting experience, and you get products like Trey Lance and Mitch Trubisky that just... Fizzle out really before they even get underway. Now, before we get on to the rest of my mock draft today, I do want to share a really cool deal going on with our friends over at Fanatics. You can get this Falcons t-shirt and hat combination on sale when you go to chatsports.com slash ATL combo. Hats are somewhat egregiously expensive, so if you want to get a t-shirt and hat together on sale, use our link. I put that link in the comments and description of today's video. With my fourth-round pick for the Falcons, I went offensive tackle Dominic Puny out of Kansas. So why go offensive tackle? Atlanta's got starting tackle. Well, I'll tell you why. Because Dominic Puny is 6'5", 320 pounds. He was a first-team All-Big 12 player this past season for the Jayhawks. He also excels in run-blocking which is something the Falcons love to do. And with Bijan Robinson, couldn't hurt to have an extra offensive lineman out there, even if it's just a jumbo package to move some bodies around. But the main reason I'm drafting Dominic Puny is not to be a starter. But the Falcons need a new swing tackle. They need a new six-man kind of guy. Because when you look at Atlanta's depth chart on the offensive line, Jake Matthews and Caleb McGarry are hopefully going to be here for a few more seasons at least. But behind them... They don't have a clear backup tackle. So using a fourth round pick on a starting caliber tackle in my eyes is a very good selection. If an injury pops up, it's not SOL, the whole ship's going down because you didn't plan for it. I know drafting backups isn't the most exciting use of a draft pick, but I'm telling you guys, in the NFL, you've got to be too deep if you want to be serious. Finally, round number five. I go wide receiver Isaiah Williams out of Illinois. So, like I mentioned earlier, Atlanta only has Drake London returning under contract. And even taking Malik Neighbors, we're up to two wide receivers. Signed two guys, we're at four. We still have some more bodies to add. So I go back to the wide receiver pond, and I take Williams from Urbana-Champaign. He's 5'10", 185 pounds. He led the Big Ten in receptions this past season. Of mind there were a lot of really good wide receivers in the Big Ten this year like I don't know Marvin Harrison Jr. comes to mind but played five seasons at Illinois so he's got lots of experience and he is a money over the middle of the field kind of guy you've got Drake London for the perimeter you've got Malik Neighbors who does a lot of everything really really well Isaiah Williams could be an awesome type of slot receiver over the middle. He's got incredible speed. He doesn't have great hands necessarily to win 50-50 balls, but if we're trying to add some new wrinkles to this wide receiver room, I think Williams could be an excellent candidate to bring a new flavor to the wide receiver department. Last season for the Illini, 82 grabs, over 1,000 yards, five touchdowns. Show of hands – Anyone think Illinois has many good quarterbacks in recent history? Like, Tommy DeVito is the best one they've had, like, ever. Maybe Isaiah Williams, with some real NFL talent throwing him to football, could have even better numbers. I like this pick a lot in round number five. To round out the mock draft, we had three more selections. In round six, we'll kind of speed through these bad boys here. I went tight end, Jemiah Bell from, uh, Jaheim Bell, excuse me, out of Florida State. Why did I go tight end at that selection? Well, similar to my wide receiver picks and even my offensive tackle selection, the Falcons are a little shorthanded at the tight end room. I could see them moving on from John Smith. There's a lot of cap savings to be had there. And after that, you don't have a ton of confidence that uh, Kyle Pitts is going to be here long term. And while Bell isn't my potential Kyle Pitts replacement, you overall just need to add another tight end. So I took Bell out of uh, Florida State. 39 grabs this past season, 503 yards, two touchdowns. It's really tough to find good tight ends in the draft these days. So in round six, I understand that I'm probably not going to get a surefire thing, but it's worth taking a chance. My next round six selection via trade with Deion Jones and the Cleveland Browns, I'm going to go Miles Murphy, not the one from last year. But another ACC, Miles Murphy, this one coming out of UNC. Now, why do I go defensive tackle at this spot? At this point in the draft, I am trying to fill out my roster. And whether that means finding replacements for 2024 or finding replacements for 2025, if I look at Atlanta's defensive line, Calais Campbell is a free agent. A lot of your backups are free agent. Gaziano, Street, Huggins. So if you need to rebuild in the trenches, how about take a look at Miles Murphy, who last season for the Tar Heels had 24 tackles, four and a half tackles for loss, one sack. I'm not trying to sell anyone on Miles Murphy being the next dominant defensive lineman for Atlanta, but it's always a good idea to invest in the trenches and win at the line of scrimmage, and having some extra depth at that spot will surely help if injuries pop up. With my seventh or eighth final selection in round number seven, I go cornerback out of Willie, uh, out of Louisiana Tech, Willie Roberts. I'm looking back at my own mock draft here. I probably wish I go cornerback earlier because I'm not drafting Willie Roberts to be a starter for this team. But Atlanta currently is missing a starting cornerback because Jeff Okuda is a free agent this offseason. So they're going to have to fill that void either through free agency or the draft. And in this mock draft, I ultimately left it up to free agency for the Falcons to sign their next starting cornerback, whether that's bringing back Jeff Okuda, maybe promoting Clark Phillips, or looking to free agency. So, looking back here, I'm definitely leaving a lot in free agency to still fill, but I like adding very important positions in the draft. And important positions are corner and edge. You got to get to the quarterback, and you got to stop the quarterback. And you don't want to be one injury away from not being able to do either of those things. So grade my mock draft for me. A, B, C, D, or F. I love these grades because people get so worked up. And in reality, it's February right now. We don't even know who's going in what round positively. But yet, people are still going to be so passionate about how bad of a mock draft that is. So do your worst. Give me your worst. Grade my mock draft. A, B, C, D, or F. There they are. The Fs and the Ds and the Cs. I love it. Tail as old as time. Tyman says B. Ben says B. Boss Tucker says F. Archangel says C. Uh, Tremor says B. Red Stallions forever. A, hey, thank you. A, I think the people are giving me Bs or Cs or not even Bs, but I didn't take starters in round threes and round four. And i like to have at least something going in the farm system at quarterback this year in the draft. Even if you trade for Justin Fields, if you sign Kirk Cousins, I'd like to have something go in there. That way, if it doesn't work out, you're not completely starting from scratch. I also think Atlanta needs to find a new swing tackle. They are one injury away from two guys that have been very available throughout their entire career. Jake Matthews was an Iron Man. Caleb McGarry has been available for pretty much his entire career. But I don't want to bank on those two guys playing all 17 games and not have some sort of backup plan in in place. Uh, Superstar giving me an A. Chris giving me a C. Robert giving me a C. Little Shiesty, appreciate you, giving me an A. Crazy Horse giving me a C. Falcons prods. Only people who are saying A are the same people who think Ritter should start. Jay Coop, bro, that draft sucks wrong with Malik Neighbors? I told you the Falcons draft Malik Neighbors. Is your one-word reaction that sucked? No. Come on. Okay. Ben draft edge at eight. I get that. I can understand. And hey, that's why I said earlier, it's tough to do these before free agency because if Atlanta goes and signs T. Higgins in the offseason, they're probably not drafting Malik Neighbors at eight. They're probably going edge rusher at that point. But for now, I'm just kind of going to go with the best player available kind of approach. Um, okay. Are we ready to jump into our final segment? Mailbag time. Mailbag time, baby. Get those questions in. Hashtag Falcons or Super Chat. Are we all caught up? I think, yeah, we are all, we are all caught up on Super Chats. So if you Super Chat, we guarantee your question gets on screen. Sam, if you can help call in the Super Chats that have questions will lead our mailbag. Okay. Okay. Um, we may have them on screen. Sometimes technology does not play uh, play fair with us. We're going to do our best. I'm sorry, everyone. Um, okay. So if you super chat a question, yep, if you super chat a question, we'll get that on screen to begin the mailbag towards the beginning stages. If you just super chat, just to uh, super chat and show your thanks, we'll include that at the end of the mailbag. Okay. Uh, I'm not too fond of taking Michael Penix at number eight. That seems like a bit of a reach. Every year there's a quarterback that gets built up to be a first-round guy. Last year it was Will Levis. The year before that it was Malik Willis. Remember that? It doesn't happen. I don't. I don't know who that quarterback is just yet. I think it might be J.J. McCarthy. I think of the next big three. Like you have Williams, May, and Daniels their own tier, kind of. And then you've got Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy, and Michael Penix. Oh, that second tier, I think we might see J.J.'s value rise the most, and he might get flirted with round one, but ultimately go round two. Okay. Um, hashtag Falcons, though. If you do have a question you want to ask and you're unable to super chat, no harm, no foul, just use hashtag Falcons. Somewhere in your question in the chat. That way, our software can pull it. Okay. So, use hashtag Falcons to get in our next mailbag. Over 300 people watching right now. 195 likes. Are we? Okay, not yet. Not yet. Waiting for the green light. Uh, ben, do you think that with a new QB coach would help guys give up on Ritter? Like, just stop. I remember last year, so many people got so mad at me for not being a bigger Ritter believer. Look where we are now. We're looking for a new starting quarterback. Um, Okay, here we go. Crazy horse, we got, I give it a B, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Archangel seems like a fun guy to hang out with. He's always laughing. Everyone likes to go to the movies with the guy that laughs really hard because it's just contagious. Then you just start laughing. Okay, if you do have a question that comes to mind at the last moment, you're more than welcome to super chat. That way it's guaranteed to get on screen. Otherwise, producer Cullen, he kind of picks his favorite questions, actually, and I don't know what he's feeling today, so you're at the mercy of the producer to pick questions. But we're going to do great. We're going to get through our first mailbag together. I love it. I love it. Um, here we go. Sammy Lewis, hear me out trade Pitts. I think here's what's going to be interesting. Does Kyle Pitts get classified as a wide receiver or a tight end? If you didn't know he played tight end in college and you just watched him play in the NFL, you'd probably assume he's a wide receiver based on where he lines up the most. But there's a big fifth year option price tag difference between being a wide receiver and being a tight end. Like a $10 million difference. And that will very much sway the Falcons' decision on picking up his fifth-year option. Are we ready to jump into this? Okay, so, if we got some Super Chats with questions in them, we'll include those early in the mailbag. If we got Super Chats that are just for the sake of Super Chatting, we'll kind of end the mailbag with those. Does that make sense to everyone? We all on the same page? All right, boys and girls, let's do it. Let's jump into a... Falcons mailbag. Mailbag time here on Falcons today. Matthew Peterson answering questions during our live show, which aired Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern. So tune in next Thursday if you have a question you want to ask. But I'm going to react and answer the questions you guys have for me today. So without further ado, let's jump into our first question coming in from Soldier First Class via Super Chat. Honestly, sign Russ to a vet minimum Broncos eat his contract we save a lot of money in case Russ is a flop. If Atlanta does end up signing Russell Wilson, I think a lot of other things fell through. They were higher up on their plan A, plan B, plan C list, and I hope it is only for a vet minimum because whatever Russell Wilson makes from his next team, if slash when he is released by Denver, that new salary is subtracted from what the Broncos owe him. So it would probably be in Russell Wilson's best interest to take a vet minimum deal so his next team has more money to spend on other players in the free agency. And he doesn't help out the Broncos by saving them a couple million dollars because he took a big contract or big ish from his next team. Rusty Moore, trade for field and draft Roma Dunze at number eight. No reason not to score 30 points per game. I don't think we're going to get everyone on the same page as to whether or not it is a good idea to pursue Justin Fields. I like the idea of trading for Justin Fields if I'm Atlanta. I think Justin Fields is a really good quarterback. I think he has great accuracy down the field, excellent velocity on his passes, and I haven't even gotten to his running ability. His biggest knocks are the turnovers and holding onto the ball too long. I think with better coaching, holding onto the ball too long can go down. And turnovers, a lot of that's a product of holding onto the ball for too long. So if you just reduce one issue... A lot of the other problems are going to go down as well for JF1. Trey Dukes, and right on cue, no to Justin Fields. Not paying $45 million a year for a guy who has yet to string together any amount of consistency. If you don't like Justin Fields because you haven't seen enough consistency from him, I'm not going to argue with you on that front. That has been a problem. But if you don't want to get Justin Fields because you don't want to be the team that pays him, I disagree with that. You don't have to pay him $45 million. No one's holding a gun to your head. He's got one more year left on his rookie contract, and then there's the fifth-year option, which is a little over $20 million. And if Atlanta does trade for Fields, they likely will pick that up. And if it doesn't work out, worst-case scenario, 2025, you've got a quarterback with $20-ish million dollars guaranteed that you might have to move on from. And if you do have a great career or a great uh, immediate success with Fields and you do decide to extend him, awesome. You've got a great quarterback. Who cares how much it costs? you think Chiefs fans or Bills fans complain about how much Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes are making? No. They are happy to have a franchise QB. Every team is searching for one, and it's not easy to find. So the least problem Falcons fans should be worrying about is we might get fields and have them play so well that we pay him $45 million. Is that really the biggest problem you have going on? Not a problem in my eyes. Let's go, Falcons. What do you think about trading AJ Terrell to move up in the draft? Interesting idea because I do think AJ Terrell is sort of right on that line of an untouchable player, but also could be available for the right price. And if AJ Terrell is standing in the way of Atlanta pulling off a trade to go from eight to one, eight to two, to get the franchise of their future, or get the quarterback of their future. I probably pulled the trigger on the trade, to be honest with you guys. I like AJ Terrell. You can look at his stats over the last four years. I think he's a really good corner. I think he's going to get a nice contract extension. I don't think AJ Terrell is a top five cornerback in this league. I think he is between eight and 12. I think he's right there as a top 10 or just outside top 10 cornerback. And if ultimately... A.J. Terrell is what's uh, holding up a trade to go through to go get Caleb Williams or Drake May or Jaden Daniels. Obviously, I'd have to know what the other trade compensation being included is, but I could make peace with moving on from A.J. Terrell to get the next QB of the future. Now let me know, would you trade Terrell to move up? I like A.J. Terrell. I think he's a good corner. I do think he is a piece that you could stomach moving on from if that means you get the superstar QB, you have been searching for since you moved on from Matt Ryan. But give me your opinion down below in the comment section. Great plays. What do you think about Raheem Morris? I think Raheem Morris is a good coach. I think he was a great candidate. I think he was worthy and deserving and earned a second opportunity to be an NFL head coach. Everyone says great things about him. I'm excited to see what he's going to do in Atlanta. I also think there were better options out there, and I know that's where people get really mad and throw tomatoes at the screen. But, yeah, I'll say that I think Mike Vrabel or Bill Belichick or Ben Johnson would have been a better hire. Now, I don't know if we'll ever know how close they ever were to hiring one of those guys. They never really went all that far with Ben Johnson, just one interview. But I can rally around Raheem Morris. I can be upbeat and be uh, optimistic about it. But I don't think this is a surefire home run hire. No question about it. Great plays. Appreciate your question. Oh, another one from great plays. What do you think the Falcons doing with Ritter? I think he's going to stay and be the backup. Atlanta learned this year, a lot of teams, every team should have learned this past season, that about half of the starting quarterbacks are going to go down with an injury at some point. It's a coin flip, whether it's you or the team next to you. It was not really the Falcons last season. Like, Ritter didn't get hurt. They just benched him. They would be wise to hold on to Desmond Ritter as a backup because it's so important to have a good backup. Like, if you're ranking all 53 players on your roster, power ranking them, backup QB should not be one of the last five. It should be, in my opinion, between 30 and 35. You want your 22 starters to be better than your backup QB, but it's not too much after that. You get your backup quarterback. and I think Ritter can be a very serviceable backup QB for the Falcons while he's still on a cheap rookie contract for the next two seasons. Taylor, we ain't no Panthers. Go balls deep and trade up for Daniels if he drops. If not, I would take Justin Fields or Russell Wilson. I think number one is going to be Caleb Williams to Chicago. I think number two will be Drake May to the Commanders. I think Jaden Daniels goes number three, but what if Gerard Mayo and the Patriots brass come out of their hibernation of doing all the film and research on Jaden Daniels and decide we don't like him? He's like, he's their Bo Callahan. We did our research. We have issues. We don't want to go with him at number three. It's too valuable of a pick to just, on a whim, go quarterback. And so maybe in that scenario, they're open to trading back, or they go Marvin Harrison at number three, and Atlanta picks up the phone, and they call the Cardinals. They call the Chargers, the Giants, all teams that have quarterbacks under big contracts and try and jump up a couple of spots and get Jaden Daniels. But again... All that is completely hanging on by a thread of the Patriots don't like Jane Daniels, and I don't know if that's the case. Before we get on to the rest of the questions on today's mailbag, I do want to share with you guys a great deal going on at Prize Picks, our wonderful sponsor today. But first, let me explain Prize Picks to you. The way Prize Picks works, it is daily fantasy made easy. You pick two to six players, easy. Choose more or less on their projected stats. Easier, and then, well, you you land at this spot here where you're taking the more on Patrick Mahomes' passing yards at 0.5, or the more on Isaiah Pacheco at 0.5 rushing and receiving touchdowns combined. I like the more on both of these bad boys here, especially the Mahomes one. It's got a pretty good feeling about him throwing for a couple of yards, and then I like the more on Brock Purdy at 248 and a half passing yards. So if all three of these bad boys hit here. I'm rolling in some dough. So if you like my selections, come ride with me. prizepickscom slash CLNS and use code CLNS for a first-time deposit match up to $100. I put that link in the comments and description of today's video. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy. Jay, next one up on the show. I trust Zach Robinson, so whoever he puts at QB, I will be happy with. Look at this man's track record at QBs. Let's all chill and trust the OC. Track record? He's only coached one team, the Rams. What track record are we talking about? I'm not saying that Zach Robinson can't be a good offensive coordinator, but I I don't think this is the argument to make for he's going to get the best out of any quarterback. Like Maybe he's the next Bobby Slowick, right, who – was somewhat of an under-the-radar hire by the Texans. It did a phenomenal job with CJ Stroud. But I do have a little bit of uh concern of Raheem Morris, first time being a head coach in well over a decade in terms of like building a staff like he did in Tampa Bay. Okay. You got a first time DC and Jimmy Lakes, the NFL level. You got a first time OC. There's a lot of firsts going on in Atlanta. I think I would have preferred some extra experience. That's all. Slim Reaper we got to get a pass rusher. Yeah, Bud Dupree is a free agent, but Arnold Ebiketti is coming back, still on his rookie deal. Zach Harrison, hopefully he's a big leap in his sophomore season. But I do agree that the Falcons do need to add some more pass rushers. And this is a good year to be in the hunt for pass rushers because you've got guys like Josh Allen from Jacksonville, uh, Brian Burns, Daniil Hunter, some really good edge rushers about to hit the market all under the age of 30. Falcons prods, what's going on, dude? No hate, but I'd rather draft Penix at number eight than Malik Neighbors, or at least trade back and take Penix because I honestly don't think we leave the first round without a QB. It's really tough to say before free agency what the Falcons do in round one because if they go with Justin Fields, or they sign Kirk Cousins, like that obviously impacts their decision for round one. I don't think you should go Malik Neighbors. Uh, Malik. I don't think you should go. Uh, Michael Penix at number eight. If you really love Michael Penix, maybe trade back, right? But I think Michael Penix is more of a round two quarterback. And the Falcons have a pretty early round two pick. And we saw last year they traded up to get Matthew Bergeron. Last year the Tennessee Titans traded up to get Will Levis. I like that plan more for Michael Penix if I'm Atlanta. Ben, what's going on? Draft edge rusher at eight. Then sign an edge in free agency. Then trade back in the first round. And draft McCarthy, but Ben. It doesn't really add up because you're, you're drafting edge rusher at eight, so you can't trade back again if you took an edge like Dallas Turner at number eight. But I'm not opposed to like double dipping at edge rusher. If you want to go Dallas Turner and Josh Allen, like really unleash hell on Derek Carr and Baker Mayfield and um, Bryce Young. I'm not going to be opposed to that all that much. But I don't think you can do all of those things right there. As for J.J. McCarthy. I'm going to watch him very closely at the Combine. How does he perform when he's asked to make deep throws down the field with accuracy? We didn't see a whole lot of that at Michigan. I'm excited to see that as the offseason and the pre-draft process progresses. ATL fan 52, any chance of a Justin Jefferson trade if the Vikings don't want to pay him? Very interesting. I have heard some very low-level chatter that the Vikings may entertain a trade of Jefferson because they feel they're heading towards a rebuild, and it doesn't really line up to make Justin Jefferson the highest-paid wide receiver in NFL history and then proceed to suck. So if they could get an absolute king's ransom for him, maybe they would at least pick up the phone and discuss it. I think it goes without saying, Justin Jefferson's a phenomenal wide receiver. Like You can look at his stats – I don't need to convince you that Jefferson is the best wide receiver in the NFL, in my opinion. Like, you could argue with him about Tyreek Hill or Jamar Chase, but if I'm picking a wide receiver for the next four or five seasons, I'm going with Justin Jefferson, and it would cost you a lot. Like, we're talking at least two first-rounders. So Let me know. Would you trade two first-rounders for Justin Jefferson? I think that's where the conversation would have to start you'd probably have to toss in more. Like, if they trade just a first for Jefferson, they're not making anything out of it. They're getting the first-round pick they used on Jefferson back. They want more, and they deserve more. And I think it might cost more than just one extra first-round, right? The Chiefs got a whole bunch for Tyree Kill in terms of, like, second- and third-round picks, Devontae Adams. Like, I think for the age of Justin Jefferson, it might be two firsts and a second. And that's steep, but it's a surefire thing. And that really was all it took. I would do it. Slim Reaper with a $5 super chat. In free agency, we should pursue Brian Burns after Charles Johnson signing years ago. I'm scared to sign former Panthers edge rushers. Oh, should we uh, pursue him? Um, I'm not the biggest Brian Burns truther out there. I always thought it was a little bit odd back like two years ago when the Rams were really interested in Brian Burns and Carolina turned down like two first, like two seconds. I'm like, guy's good. Is he some defensive player of the year candidate that I don't know about? Because I, I'm not the biggest Brian Burns like fan in terms of he's the next surefire thing. I think he's a really good pass rusher. I do, I do. I don't know if he's worth what people were giving up in trade offers for him or what some teams might be willing to pay for him. I don't want to be the team that I think gives Brian Burns the biggest contract in free agency history for a defensive end. I'd probably let someone else take that gamble. Red Stallions forever. What's the most you're willing to give up for fields? For me, I think it's two seconds or a second and a third, depending on the Ridley trade. If Calvin Ridley resigns with the Jags, like Red Stallions mentioned, Atlanta would have that uh, trade escalate from a third rounder to a second rounder. So in that scenario... The most I would be willing to give up would be two second rounders. So I, I could give up a 2024 and a 2025 second round pick or a 2024 and 2025 third rounder. Like I, I don't want to give up a first, but two seconds or a second and a third, some of that type of combination, I can get behind. Now that's going to do it for us on today's Mailbag. Thank you so much for tuning in. I always appreciate those of you that take time out of your day to come hang out with us here at Falcons today. We will sign off and we will see you all later. Would you guys trade Justin Jefferson or trade for Justin Jefferson for two firsts? I would do that. Come on. If Justin Jefferson entered the draft today, he would go third, maybe fourth. So yeah, give me two firsts. I'll send two firsts. He's better than whatever wide receiver you're going to use at number eight this year, and he's better than whatever player you're going to get next year at pick, whatever pick the Falcons have. Hopefully it's not a top ten pick again. I would do that. I would do that. Okay. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of our live show today. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the first ever edition of falcons today live i think it was a really big success we had an awesome turnout and hopefully this allows me to do more live shows every single thursday so knock on wood but i plan on seeing all of your beautiful faces next week this time 5 p.m eastern 4 p.m central and if the audience stays good and all that good stuff i'm going to continue to get studio space and a producer to do more live content like this so if you have not liked the video yet please go ahead and do so that way we can all go on our happy Wednesday, Wednesday? Thursday. What Thursday. Thursday ways with some good YouTube mojo in the world for Falcons today.